Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 27th of May, 2018. I have to remind listeners to, because they're using the archives all the time of my websites, to toss a few bones this way once in a while, because it certainly helps me out. Remember too, that I've had all the offers of all the big boys out there, and they took the bait of course to their bribes to and big fat paychecks to push certain agendas and so on, and I have never taken anything at all like that. I certainly would never do so. As I can see how maybe the weak-willed would probably do so, or the psychopaths would do so without hesitation, but I would never, never do that because first and foremost, you're, you're letting yourself down. Never mind everybody else down. And if you let yourself down, there's nothing left, in fact, to let down. And that's the reality of life. So for those who, even the new people too, are coming into the websites and, and going into the archives, there's thousands of talks up there for free. And they'll certainly help you out and make you understand the system that you're living in. And you'll come to the conclusion eventually that it's a very, it's not complex. It has the appearance of complexity, but it is not complex. It's, it's scientifically established and created and run very, very well, but it's not complex to understand it, how it works. If you understand human behavior, you're constantly studying human behavior and uh, behaviorism, as they call it, and all the psychologies and the neurosciences, etc. You can see that you eventually you could easily control people by indoctrinations. At a very early age, especially, and that's what I'll even touch a little bit on that tonight, because Scotland is one of the main places where they're trying to gerfek, as they call it, to standardise the thought processes of of everybody from a very early age growing up to standardise them into the same opinions and acceptance of all the the, the new political correct agendas, and of course, eventually, they, such programmes always become rather ruthless and brutal eventually uh, when they find out not everybody wants to go along with it even with this perfection of indoctrination and they become rather brutal to make sure it, it tries to, to try to make it work. So anyway, remember if you go through the website com, you can definitely find out uh, the history of the controllers and how they use our histories to control all of us. It's quite simple. Really. And you find out too that, yeah, they've used in the past all the different little open secrets, you might call it, of language and neurolinguistics and a form of psycholinguistics as well. Because we think also in symbolism, and in symbols, ver- verbal symbols, which you picture in your own heads, are very effective in controlling people and, and uh, making them think they're coming to their own conclusions. Uh, nothing really has changed in that department. <laughs> it's maybe a more perfect today. Because now, of course, with the internet and with their cell phones, all getting the same data daily, millions and billions of people across the world getting the same data, it's quite easy to standardize opinion and make people think they're, they're all in the know of the news, even if the news is all bogus. But their opinions are standardized. You can't watch a movie today without it being weaponized. Everything gets big, big grants, even children's books. The authors get grants to insert PC updates into the stories. This is the opposite of freedom. I hope you understand that. So as I say, go into the archives at cuttingthroughmatrix.com. You can help yourself to thousands of talks I've given over the years. 
you'll understand how the mysteries were used in the past and today as well to run and control people and create a system of control across the world. And those who, who joined, of course, on different degrees, they end up getting higher positions over the general population. And they get a lot of freebies as well and handouts and, and so on and good investments, etc., etc. The problem with humanity <laughs> is that the psychopathic types are pretty profuse and they have no problem rationalizing why they should not be part of the herd and why they should really be helping to rule the herd. The part I really like is they always rationalize it. Like even Bloom, I think it was Bloomberg mentioned it in an article today, uh, where he talks about the poor should be taxed because it encourages them to, to, to watch what they're doing or think about what they're spending and so on. In other words, give them less money so they'll be more thrifty in what they're doing with it. It's all behaviorist training, of course. But that's how they rationalize anything they do, including bringing down the population. Well, you know, if they're going to breed like that, we should just bring, just start decreasing the food for them so they can't get good food, or give them lots of food, but it's not, it's not good food, and they'll be malnourished, and they'll start dying off, etc., etc. This is not exaggeration of thought and guessing here. This is from many articles over the years I've actually read on the air at times, when I was on the air, and it's all been discussed quite openly in academia. So there's no, there's no shortage of psychopaths, as I say, out there who have delusions of grandeur and believe they have the right to rule what they see as the lesser of the populations. I've got to tell you something, too. There's, in my lifetime, <laughs> I've never met people who are lesser. The people who, who do most of the work, essential work, which keeps everyone else alive, like farming and such like. And even the, 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 the drudge jobs, drudge and sludge, I call them, like, like plumbing, sewage, etc. These are the folk that keep things going. Really, they really are. And without them, you, you'd be finished. Most folk in a civilized society cannot survive by themselves. They can't do it. Especially those who are in academia. They're the least ones to, to be able to survive on their own. They need others to do it for them. A lot of them can hardly tie their own shoelaces. Never mind to put up a shelf and a wall uh, straight and, and knock it in to keep it in, in place. I've seen that happen with some of them. In fact, some of them are even astonished when, when you can do it. Amazing, eh? But these are the characters who make decisions for the rest of us. And they're really pretty well useless to society when it comes to the crunch as they design our downfall. <laughs> That's uh, quite something else. And they call, they call the ones that are being down the lessers. So as I say, cuttingthroughmedias.com, help yourself to the, the talks. And you will start to gradually get little shocks to wake you up as you understand more and more and more. And you'll find out how a lot of your own opinions were given to you very carefully. Opinions that you maybe even argued or even fought with people over, you'll find they're not yours at all. Especially when you're young, it's, it's much easier to indoctrinate the young and to make them see only the colour that you want them to see in an argument. And that's why they always go for the, for the youth, of course. And they also want the next generation to be totally upgraded in their brainwashing for what they're going to experience and be all for in their lifetime. Quite amazing, isn't it? Bertrand Russell said that back in the, the 40s and 50s, that 1940s and 50s, that... There's nothing you can't do with society and people. 
There's, there's nothing. Get them young enough. Uh, get, get the authority of the state to, to do what you want with them. And you can train them to believe uh, in anything you want them to believe in. And how, how we're ever seeing it today. When you see very young girls going out with young girls and young boys going out with young boys. Because they've been brainwashed with it like you wouldn't believe today. And all the people who are running off and doing their own thing, which is not their own thing at all, it's that's what they've been conditioned to do, don't realize it's on, it's on behalf of the depopulation agenda. But other heads way above them who laugh at them, at how easy it is to control them and to get them to do their bidding for them, and even to stand up and argue for them. Quite amazing, isn't it? Nothing is simple in that respect when it comes to opinions and brainwashing. And when you see agendas that are intolerant to other points of view or opinions, or even forbid you to say things, or even ask the questions about certain things, you're in definite trouble. Because liberalism, as I like to call it, always it ends up being a ruthless system of utter destruction. Look at the revolutions of the past, some of the revolutions, they all started with liberty and equality and so on. But look what, look what they ended up being, uh, being called and what they did. As they slaughtered their fellow human beings. It doesn't change. And fanaticism always ends up in the same slaughterhouse. Sad but true. And don't expect to... to uh, and I had arguments back in the 90s about this well, on the air with, with, with people. They wanted me to be a cheerleader for the general population. And I said, I can be a cheerleader for the, the populations because you can only be responsible for yourself, for your own actions. And when the general population is of nice people, often, want you to go out and do their, their bidding for them and they're fighting for them, these are the same mob that will turn around and, and have you crucified at the end of it if you fail to get what they want. That's the problem, the psychology of the mob. They're fickle. And they're easily swayed. In this world, the fight is to find yourself. Number one. And then, with what you've learned, hopefully you can, you, you can give out what you've learned to others, if they want it. And maybe help them along their, uh, in their way too. It's quite simple. And you don't fall out with anybody on the way because they won't. Or, you know, you can't do that. Because then you're becoming intolerant of all. The general population and the elite who rule the general population can be the problem for most of us who, who have been on the journey of waking up. Because the ones at the top who rule everything depend on the general population, the bulk of the population, to ram through and go along with the agendas, which the few of us don't want to go along with. So they become our problem too. And the general population will say to you, well, why don't you go along with, we, we've all accepted this, why don't you? So they're just the same, you see, there's the ones at the top who make it all happen and who tell them what to do. So you can only really be responsible for yourself, for as best you can. That doesn't mean you, you walk through life and you float through life on air or something because you're going to have the same problems as, as everyone else going through us from a very young age on in a, a very crazed system which is now pretty well dysfunctional by, by intention and by conditioning 
And you're going to get the knocks too, uh, going through life in a, in a dysfunctional system. It's designed to be today. It's not functional at all. Functionality takes self-discipline. It also takes a form of self-policing, natural self-policing, not the kind the United Nations pushes on us all. But every culture at one time was self-policing. You didn't need policemen in small communities. Everyone knew the rules, so we could all survive together. And the reason that it's not working today is because it's all been knocked down. The natural structure of true society and true community has been destroyed. Right down to functionality of what we're, we even do and how we exist and how even the next generation comes along between man and woman has been all destroyed and by intent, not by bringing you freedom, but by intention. Behind every great phrase or catchphrase and slogan for change is an utterly ruthless, wolfish face with big teeth, believe you me. But it sounds so nice, doesn't it? And there's always plenty of people going to pick up that staff and run with it and be used. But the ones at the top, the real wolves, they know what it's about. And they know what they, what they, how they're bringing society down on its, to its knees. This is war. It's total war in society. And it's lots of facets to the same war, right down to using people in different countries by other countries. They don't even know they're getting used. The U.S. is an awfully good example of that. And, and their own tax money is you, you taken from them and given to other countries, then use it to, to sort of buy them off again. It's such a fascinating study to watch all happen. And the major, again, followers, eh? followers to things. It's sad, but uh, if you had the, the Christianity, for instance, in the United States of a hundred years ago, and you brought them back to life <laughs> and had, had them look around today, they wouldn't recognize the, the modern Christianity, which is bought and paid for for global wars across the planet on behalf of someone else. It's fascinating to watch it. But you give them two or three generations, they don't notice it, they glide you into it gradually. Amazing. I can remember when Bush Jr. pulled leaders in for TV evangelists and basically told them to bring their flocks on board for all these wars across the Middle East. And they used uh, you know, biblical rhetoric, etc., and the motive, please, etc., to get it all going. And it worked awfully well, and they're doing it all again as we speak for the next round of wars against Iran and to finish off Syria and so on. It's rather disgusting how easy it is to use existing institutions uh, against themselves and against the general populations without them even understanding what they're doing. Truly, it's like a Bernays technique, isn't it? Don't bother creating new <laughs> systems. Find ones that, which are already established, take them over from the top, and then you can bend them whichever way you want. And most folk don't even know what's happening to them. A lot of folk don't care either, again, in the general population. They don't care about the wars or the slaughtering they're doing across the planet or the fallout, which can actually destroy them themselves down the road with blowback and mass migration because of it. But as long as they're, 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 they're quite happily chewing the cud, as they say, 
and it's pleasant and, and they're, they're safe and warm. They don't notice anything that's happening. They don't really care. They don't really care. I hope you understand, too, when you go into law, law is very firm on the transactions of money. Again, law as we know it is not even... Why would you accept a law of someone else's where penalties are paid in money? Money is the root of all yield, as they say. And it truly is. If you, especially if it's ruled by a clique that literally makes up as you go along. Every country on the planet technically is bankrupt and actually is bankrupt by owing so much to those that lend them every year. And every government has is, got is handout every year to the people who... And, and not only that, they even tax the money back off you to pay these moneylenders. And then these moneylenders run the IMF and the World Bank and they also want you to pay them to keep them going to manage the system of corruption. It's quite fascinating to watch it all. But you take this whole system of money and the, the control that any elite could, could use it for if they're in charge of it. Because everybody goes to, to, to borrow today. All countries borrow. All governments go cap in hand to borrow every year from the private uh, lenders. And they're going to pay it all back with interest. And interest, all the money to pay it back comes from the taxpayer. It's also a legality that anything that's done with that taxpayer's money, that's you, means you're also responsible for the actions of what that, what that tax money does, including wars, euthanasia, mass abortions, all kinds of horrific experiments on society, even medical experiments, and so on. And this strange ability that we have, and we all do when we're young especially, we have, I call it the, the, the soldier's affliction. You're young and you think that the bullets are never going to come in your direction for some strange reason. You think you're indestructible. If everyone knew the truth, no one would go off and join the military and go off to war. That strange thing that well, it never happened to me. You can't imagine death. Works awfully well. Well, it's the same thing with this money system. You're smug, you're happy. You hear the little bits of, almost like rumours of wars across, across uh, in our countries that you're paying for. And no one cares about it till it comes home to roost. But we do pay for our actions. We really do. And going along with it, saying nothing and doing nothing is an action. And silence also literally means you're, you're acquiescing to whatever that money is used for. For weapons and so on. It's a shame that that isn't taught uh, in schools. Instead of, all, instead of all this indoctrination of how to you know, change genders or, or whatever is a popular thing at the moment. And, and believe you me, society is given lots of experiments. If you read the history of medicine, for instance, you'll see what they actually have medical fads, where they push certain things at certain times, and then they'll forget it again and go into something else. And never mention it again, because often the next treatment for something is in complete opposition to what they did before. But fads that go through society and social norms and everything, like you wouldn't believe, and it's not by itself, it's not grassroots, it's 
from the top. As Plato said a long time ago, that no grassroots movement from the general population would be allowed. It's always from the top, has to be approved, thought out and worked out and implemented. Anything from the grassroots could upset any agenda. And so don't ever think that the ideas you're coming up with or what you want to do in follow fashion of any kind for that matter is your own. It's all given to you. Everything's given to you. The hardest thing is to reclaim yourself. It truly is. You've got all the things against you. You've got peer pressure if you're young. You don't want to be different. And who, who, who decides what the norm then is, eh? Well, the norm today is, is changing genders and everything else. That's the norm. That, that's what's getting pushed. And no one questions that. Why don't they quite? Because as everywhere you look is getting pushed. Though it's, what seems to be normal from the very fact that it's getting pushed from a hundred different sources. Rather than say, wait a minute, who are these hundred sources here? And, and who gave them permission to push this on society? And of course, we can go back into the old talks of the agenda, well over a hundred years old, where they talked about bringing populations down. And they promote all this because people who... who don't get married at all, or stay in same-sex relationships, or go into them, generally won't produce children by themselves. Oh, they'll give you the occasional story of someone who can afford artificial insemination or something like that, or surrogate mothers or things like that. But no, that's not the norm. Most of them will, will not have children, you see. And that's what the, the top want. We're also being sterilized by the food we eat, what's in the food that we eat, and I really do suspect at the same time it's also from my own opinion, vaccines, different things in vaccines. Whatever happens has to be done on a biochemical level. And you have to look into the, the different sciences that deal with that. You don't make mistakes at the level of when you're, when you're going to implement things into the general population. As I say, you have to get approval for it before you do anything. The scientists have to get approval by the true ruling elite. And there is always a true ruling elite. A dominant minority, as they call it, and Huxley called it too. And the dominant elite, or minority, gets panels of those in academia to study and study and study before they let anything get into society that wasn't there before. Therefore, anything that is here now was decided to, to get put there in the first place by those at the top. You go back into the, the polio vaccines. You don't make a mistake at the time by putting in the simian 40 virus, the, 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 that's the cancer virus, into the shots and give it to jump. You don't make such mistakes on the population unless it was intentional. It doesn't happen. They knew it was there did the choice not to give that particular type of shot out, but they went ahead anyway under the very thin, very thin disguise of, well, it was essentially get the shots out anyway. The, the benefit would be worse, was, was better than the, in, any risk at all. Well, giving folk cancer is not a benefit. That was intentional. And I mentioned before about the, the HeLa tumor, 
that so many vaccines today are grown on cancers, on literally growing cancers. And they put up movies about it, documentaries about it too, from the woman that it all came from. One woman, they claim, had this strange, I don't really believe it myself, how they explain it, but she had a particular type of very fast-acting tumour and they could take bits of it off and use it in the labs, etc. And somehow this tumour would, would actually jump petri dishes across labs and contaminate them all. Well, if that's the case, you look at a super bioweapon here. <laughs> and yet that this particular tumour is used to grow uh, top viruses for vaccines today. And then it's injected into you. I mentioned about it too. It's a good book. It's called Acres of Skin about the, the doctors who were given permission to use prisoners for years and years in the U.S. and elsewhere for experiments, including giving them cancer viruses, by the way. And they have little bits in it about the studies of cancer viruses where they inject them into different prisoners and the percentage of prisoners who then developed in those areas were injected actual tumours. There's nothing that's been given to the public that's not been well and truly tested over and over again. Therefore, if it exists today, it's meant to be there, including the tumours. They come out of it. So anyway, what I'm saying is we're living in a very deceptive system. Naive people will always look on the bright side of things because they, they can't go through the shock of waking up. They want to believe in all the good things. Why do you think all the positive thinking lecture classes are, are out there? Why do you think that happens to be? As things get worse and worse and worse, and the fear level of people goes up and up and up, they get more and more of this nonsense of just be happy and, and don't look at anything negative. Who's telling you something is negative? If a train has come out, out behind you or a, or a car, isn't it good to look and see it so you can get out of the way? That, that's not negative at all. That's called common sense and a survival mechanism as, as far as looking back goes. But they're training the public. Don't, don't look at anything unpleasant. And look on the bright side of things all the time. Don't even hang around with folk who sound negative. So you end up with a very naive population, very much like brain of new world, that type of population, where everything was to be fun and pleasant and happy. Uh, and you, you could do what you want without consequences. But the same people would laugh at you when you're dying. And so if you're dying in some strange, unauthorized way, they'd laugh at you. They'd laugh at the wild man, for instance. There was no sympathy and empathy in them at all. They're egocentric. That's what we have today with the positive thinking crew who enable all the evils of the world to continue and get worse. By the same token, you can't get bogged down by all the unpleasantness that you might learn. That's why most folk cannot get to know the truth. They can't do it. They'll crack up on the way. They always say that most folk can't handle the truth. Most folk really can't. There's different levels of truth, but when you get into the full understanding to an extent, it's a rather horrific place we're in at the moment. And there really are truly, and I call the word evil, evil, uh, the way it's meant to be used. There's a lot of evil people in the world in charge of things who are more horrific in what they do than anything you'll see in horror movies. 
Because in horror movies, they tend to show how evil they are. In reality, the evil people make casual little remarks in such a pleasant, non-neurotic or non-fussed way that you, you, you almost miss it. When you talk about killing off the populations and, and there's too many of the wrong kind of people alive today. You might even agree, well, I guess there are too many of the wrong kind of people. Wait a minute, how, what makes you think they're talking about some group that you don't like? They might be talking about you. Julian Huxley said this. He said there'd be many, many, many of their helpers that'll bring in this new system, this new order, who will think they're going to get great positions over the general population. And they were in for a shock because they would use them and then uh, they would take the consequences too of being in an inferior group once their jobs were finished. But true evil does exist. There's no doubt. I've met people who are really truly evil. You can turn on some, some radio today and you may even hear it. But that's the way it is. Very clever deception. Very clever in the way that lies are put across constantly. In a pleasant enough way. People who, who will get massive followings behind them in order to use them against, against themselves, in a sense. Because uh, if they use you for foreign wars, you're going to end up taking the consequences as to see off the blowback from mass migration from countries you're slaughtering. And you're going to get nothing out of it yourselves. Your own countries won't accept massive debt and loss of life, obviously. We're truly, <laughs> we're truly in some amazing transition times, put it that way. Since we're in the age of transition, that you, you know, this is the century of change, then uh, you ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. You have still to see, as they train you and train you, that nothing is normal. And that men not, are not normal, women are not normal, nothing's normal. And they train you and train you that, and, and eventually they'll show you all kinds, not just through surgery, they'll bring forth chimeras when they create from animals and humans and so on. See how it's done step by step by step. Get them to accept this first, then get them to accept that next, and it's all worked out that way. That's how you, you, you plan the world. You work it out in advance. And you do it through familiarization, step by step by step. You can make the people do anything you want, believe anything you want, and accept anything, and behave in any way that you want. It's true. But none of it's really natural. None of it's natural. We're not living in a natural system. There's nothing natural in this at all. We still haven't even gone through the debates on what money is for. At one time, up until World War I even, and afterwards, they, they still had arguments occasionally about did the economy exist for society? Or does society exist for the economy? Well, guess who won out? Since top CEOs and the so-called philanthropists that just suddenly appear as multi-millionaires and billionaires running our lives are, are just there with all the authority of elected governments, even though they're not elected. Think about it. But they train you, it's all quite normal. It's all normal. I'm talking about normal, too. Above me, for the last few days, they've been spraying like crazy. They do it an awful lot, mind you. But they aren't just making the usual cross stars of, of uh, chem spray behind planes. 
they're doing like eight of them, like eight of them intersecting each other to make fancy patterns now. I guess they're having fun at it. And this stuff falls from the skies, and you're immediately choked up. Like, incredible. And everyone's, everyone's complaining of it. Everyone. But the, boys, the boys at the top know what they're doing. They even talk about it in their own experimental exposés. Oh, we're just experimenting on spraying people with all this stuff, including the, the added sulfur into it now. Just to try and, you know, experiment, they say, at the universities. And I've read the articles before. I won't do it again. This is normal. Since 1998, it's been normal in Canada. Routine. Weather control. And it's great for the pharmacists. I mean, they're just... The aisles they have now of antihistamines and all kinds of medicines for the bronchial tubes and so on. Quite amazing. But the folk accept it. The folk accept it from the beginning of the spring. Because like Brzezinski said... If it's not mentioned on, in the news the night before, they'll, they'll deny what they see with their own eyes. It cannot be important. Or the, or the appendage to their brain, the media, would tell them. That's, that's how they're trained to think. Though they'd tell us about that. <laughs> Quite some, isn't it? Do you realize, too, even see it in, in movies, if something disastrous happened by mistake, for instance, say there was a bio release, that the last people who would know would be the general public. They wouldn't be told by those in charge. That's how things really work. As they prattle on about free societies and freedom of speech and so on, it's standing orders for, don't tell the public, it'll cause panic, blah, blah, blah. Any excuse will do, will it cause panic? Eh? Yeah, it's a good excuse. Psychopaths rationalize very quickly how to hold on to their power and why they should lie to, tip, to, keep, to, keep, to make it so. Quite amazing. Here's a little example, too, of deception. This article here, and I, read, I, read, I mentioned this years ago, about from the 1948, when, when uh, every government in Europe agreed to form a little department that would work gradually to, 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 to work out all the problems and, and the steps to integrate all their countries into a European system. And, and at the time, 1940, they said the public would never know about this until it was all up and running. So you never had your own governments, in other words. Still don't. No one does. It comes out again. Uh, it says, we were lied to a secret document, and they gave you the number of it, FCO 30 slash 1040, kept truth about the e- European Union from the British for 30 years. Actually, it's longer than that, because, as I say, they, they didn't start in the 1940s. So it says, the document remained locked away for 30 years, advised the British government to cover up the realities of EU membership so that by the time the public realised what was happening, it would be too late. But damnably for Tory Prime Minister Edward Heath at the time, and all those who kept quiet about the findings in the early 70s, a document known as FCO, and it gives you the number again, was locked away under the Official Secrets Act for five decades the classified paper dated April 1971 suggested, remember this is years after 1948, because <laughs> I say it was already, I found the articles in that much, much older. It was suggested the government should keep the British public in the dark about what the EU's membership means, predicting that it would take 30 years for voters to realise what was happening. The last detail was the only thing that the disgraceful paper prepared for the Foreign and Commonwealth Office got wrong. 
And I've got three different articles on that too, and the whole thing too, if you care to even read through it. But again, this goes back, remember, to the real ruling group, which in the US is called the Council on Foreign Relations, which is a branch of the Royal Institute for International Affairs in Britain that runs Britain, going back to the old Lord Alfred Milner days for a global system and a global society. Nothing democratic about them. No one elects them in these private institutions, but they run your countries. It says the unknown author, a senior civil servant, wrote it, correctly predicted the then European Economic Community, the EEC effectively became the EU in 1993, was headed for economic, monetary and fiscal union with a common foreign and defence policy, which would constitute the greatest surrender of Britain's national sovereignty since 1066. He went on to say that community law would take precedence over our own courts and that ever more power uh, would pass away from the parliament to the bureaucratic system centred in Brussels. Well, every country today, even the non-European ones, might happen to notice that your, con- your countries are run now by bureaucracies and the CEOs of corporations. Have you noticed that? That's how it really is. Again, it's planned that way. And I'm not making that up either. The, the Milner Group said they would do this, and their popular uh, fronts that they had, like H.G. Wells, wrote about it too, and the Huxleys. But anyway, there's another part of Edward Heath. It's quite amazing that folks will still not get it. Well, you know, well, well. it's true. After the fact, you don't care. Isn't it strange when it's, when it's actually happened? You, you, you really don't care. But they know this. They understand how we behave in all situations. I mean, so well studied all the time. But it says here that Heath was a, a soft right politician from a lower middle class family, born uh, Broadstairs, Kent, served through the Second World War, and the Royal Artillery, rising to the rank of Lieutenant Colonel. And although he said he never killed anyone, uh, he was part of the Normandy landings in 1944 and wrote extensively of the damage his gunners inflicted on the German occupying forces. In September 45, he also commanded a firing squad to execute a Polish soldier convicted of rape and murder. He was made a Knight of the Garter on 23rd April 1992 and became Sir Edward Heath. But the very fact that he was part of a much higher organisation than what you call government isn't even questioned here. Because real institutions, you don't like them. And they, they have their members all through politics and all through the civil service as well. But you don't like them. Many of them are appointed, in fact. I'll put these these ones up, these particular articles up for for those who care to read it. As I say, the, the older ones I've got here were from 1948 and the secretive organization. Mind you, too, that also happens with NAFTA for those that don't get it. Don't forget, too, <laughs> that Marx talked about a European Union. Three trading blocks, a European one with a parliament, an American continental one eventually, but the moment we've got NAFTA, and to be integrated to under a single government eventually. And then you'd have uh, the Far Eastern Pacific Rim Group, including Australia, New Zealand and China and so on. And that's what we have. That's not coincidental. And after Marx, of course, to say Lord Alfred Milner came up with the same stuff, which is not coincidence either, about uh, the need to create these, these three trading blocks for a global society. So it's not coincident at all. And there's no coincidence when it comes to these things. You're living through an agenda, for those who don't quite know it yet. 
and we have to go into deeper integration for, for NAFTA as well. Probably eventually, once the U.S. has, has finished off the wars it has to fight across the Middle East and elsewhere, then the, the economy will be collapsed and the U.S.'s job will be over pretty well. And uh, we'll have a single parliament for the whole of the Americas. But yeah, economic collapse is probably the best way to do it, at least for the public to believe in anyway, for it happening. Then he went to Francis Emmanuel Macron, who was, of course, one of the Rothschild boys. His little hirelings, you might say, maybe closer than that. But it says, uses German crisis to call for a deeper EU integration. So crisis is awfully good for getting the public to go along with it. Fear is good. And you point to the sheep and say, well, this way, this way, and they're along the, you know, that's it. So he says, uh, embattled German Chancellor Angela Merkel's failure to form a coalition has reinforced the need for an ambitious European project and greater EU cooperation. Why they even bother? Well, we know why they, they, they give this guy any credence at all. It's because he is a front man for a much higher power. We know that. Of course he is. This is the same guy who's talking about 200 million from Africa to be brought into Europe to finish off. And no one questions that. Mm-mm-mm. And then you have the three EU countries that face huge contribution hikes as a result of Brexit. So try to terrify the public for if they break up, uh, or how, they're, how they're going to collapse financially if they can't uh, raise the cash. And then we have Italy, poor old Italy, along with Greece. Yeah. They were bankrupted before by design from outside forces. And Italy then was flooded with migrants, as they call them, coming in by the boatload every day. And it says the new government is going to defy the EU Union Parliament with plans to deport 500,000 migrants. And that's a drop in the bucket, basically, because they have so much coming in all the time. And if you're a bankrupt nation, how can you afford to even put them up? Hmm? You can't. This is war. This is war strategy for those who haven't quite got it. And they want to eliminate uh, all, the, all the different populations and ethnic groups across Europe. And they've said it in their own writings too, by the way. And we'll see if Italy can even get away with it because they're, they're so under the gun, basically, of the big massive bankers. Quite amazing. Where even, remember too, when they put out the Prime Minister there, and, and the, the EU Parliament and, and the, the Central Bank, the Central Bank appointed one of their own members of the Trilateral Commission as head of the country for a while, remember? So much for democracy. It's amazing what we put up with today. It truly is. And we'll, we'll see how it goes there. But again, it won't stop it. It really won't stop it. And also you find that, again, Bloomberg, what what you said, a good psychopathic Bloomberg, saying that he supports regressive taxes, meaning taxes that end up costing poor people proportionally more money than their more well-off counterparts as a means of control. And he says, taxes are one of the ways you influence people to do what's in their own interest, where they might not expect that, he said. So if you want to get kids to stop smoking, raise cigarette taxes... 
And the more you raise them, the less they smoke. They can use money on drugs, I suppose, you know, injector or something. Bloomberg made the comments during an interview with Christine Lagarde, the managing director of International Monetary Fund. Amazing, this woman doesn't even pay taxes. They did articles on her years ago. She's still there. It's astonishing. She works at the IMF, this big institution, along with the World Bank, of course, that was set up by the Council on Foreign Relations, or Institute for International Affairs. These private organizations set these things up and run them. And they tell us all how to live. So anyway, that article was streamed live, it says, on April 19th from the IMF's spring meeting in Washington, D.C. Democracy, democracy, yeah. And then you find, for instance, U.S. national security requests to Apple more than doubled. More than twice as many requests were filed in the second half in 2017 in the same period the previous year. In its report on government and private party requests for customer information, released Friday, Apple Inc. said that from July 1st to December 31st last year, received up to 16,249 U.S. government national security requests that affected some 8,249 accounts. The requests include both orders under the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act and national security letters issued by the FBI that are not approved by a judge. The companies are prevented by gag order from notifying users that they provided the government any access to their data under the NSLs. The controversial practice has repeatedly come under fire from tech companies who argue that it constitutes a violation of freedom of speech and leaves law enforcement without any judicial oversight. And it goes on and on and on. But this is, this is the country that pretends it's the, most, it's the freest in the world. It's, it's astonishing to me to see all happening. And they have a lot of different uh, things coming up right now to do with tech companies. You have uh, tech companies scramble as sweeping data rules take effect. And it's not to help the, the people, the general population, of course. It's really protect those who are taking your data and put by codifying what they can use, which they already do use, of course. You see, it's, it's always for their own benefit, not for us. But it says, a swing set of new data privacy regulations descending on Europe is leaving internet companies in the U.S. scrambling to overhaul their practices to avoid steep penalties. The moves are part of an industry-wide effort to prepare for the general data protection regulation, which goes into effect Friday and forces companies to give full disclosure about what they do with the digital data they collect and offer. Here's the, here's the thing. Offer their users more control over their information. What they give you is you can use this or, this or that if you agree to let us use your information. That, that's, that's, that's it. That's, that's your more control. So if you want these essential services now, you have to give them permission to use it all. That's really what it is. And the new rule uh, says, uh, new rules, European users are able to request copies of the data that websites have on them or ask companies to, to delete that information. Websites have to ask for permission to collect and share user data, and companies need to disclose their data practices in clear language instead of obscuring them with legalese. And so on and so on. So they're all supposedly scrambling over it. And in happy GDPR day, U.S. news sites blocked FB sued as EU privacy rules come into force. It really won't change anything. Nothing ever does for the public. Eh? Never does. But then you also read what's happening in the world with um, 
the mess of, uh, uh, you're looking at, at the end of a war, and at the end of a war, just picture all those cities that you see in rubble and so on, that's, that's everything's dysfunctional, broken, etc., dystopic. And the war that was against religions of, of across Europe has been on for an awful long time, centuries in fact. And it's not just a, a war of folk who don't believe in it, although they're, off, they're often used. But it's often for another group behind it all. For control. It's evidence for control, isn't it? And dominance. If you want control, you've got to be dominant. And how do you get dominant? Well, you drive the previous ones out. That's what you do. And, and what you see is the aftermath of a long war, where now they're so, they're so <laughs> poor in getting folk to come in as priests and so on to try and get anybody to come in as priests. And they're, not, they're pushing a big drive now for transgender people. Don't forget, too, the Church of England's had people at the very top who've belonged to Wiccan groups, and it's astonishing what, what, what they've had at the very top for a long, long time. But now they, 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 they just can't get enough people, and they're taking transgender people now uh, to become vicars and bishops. Uh, not just to be PC, but because really they're losing their congregations. They have been for a long, long time. And they're trying anything just to get folk to come in and keep it all going. Quite something, eh? Then you, you tie it in with Ireland, that's been under attack for a long time. I mean attack. I don't believe in this nonsense of rights. Uh, if they want people to... See, people don't think things logically through, like Russell said. People that aren't logical, so you use emotive topics to get them behind you. So you talk about rights. Yeah, I, I want rights. That's my right, you know. And before you know it, you've got a big, big mob behind uh, that your, your banner to change something for you, 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 you personally, so you can get to something else through. You see, and you have to get to bring down their populations, uh, especially certain countries are really targeted. And especially because they did have a tremendous advocacy and adherence to the Catholic tradition. And so it's been, it's been in the, the gun sites for a long, long time. And so here you, you're seeing like a big victory, as you could call it. Ireland ends abortion ban as quiet revolution transforms the country. And it's interesting to see how the, the, the word, Ireland has voted by a landslide to liberalise. Use that word again, liberalise. It's highly restrictive abortion laws in a referendum that his Prime Minister called the culmination of a quiet revolution in what was one of Europe's most socially conservative countries. And it says here, what we see is the culmination of a quiet revolution been taking place in Ireland over the past couple of decades. Uh, Varadkar, who became Ireland's first openly gay Prime Minister last year, told journalists in Dublin. So there you go, and uh, and it's and it's amazing because uh, you, they've, they've already got all the different abortionists lined up for to make massive incomes, and the taxpayer will fund it all, etc. Is the last of their culture goes down the tube, and I mean their culture. If no culture, you have no society as such. You you're, you're the end. <laughs> you you go down the tubes. You're finished, obsolete, gone, and that's what happens. But it's always done under their, their, under, under rights and freedoms and emotive topics. And folk never get it till there's nothing left. There's nothing left eventually to even save. And this other article here too. Canada, for instance, eh? 
Canada's in quite quite a place. I mean, Trudeau's put his foot in it so many times with immigration, but they're going to get, Canada's going to put out three hundred million, apparently, hundred million a year for the next three years uh, to bring in more immigrants. But uh, there's an article that says it's time to start enforcing our border laws in Canada. That won't happen, though. No, I don't think. And because it's an it's an agenda, Justin's daddy Pierre Trudeau was all for total elimination of national countries, and he even put Canada down. And he said that if I find a, a, a true system of uh, a world government, uh, I'll put Canada down into it, and Canada will be absorbed into it. Well, it's, that's been the way it's been for a long time in Canada. Again, by the the big boys at the top, they run all. So Canada's border crisis continues to get worse, and the problem seems to have stumped even the country's lawmakers. During a marathon session in Parliament this week, it became clear that the situations being proposed by the MPs aren't going to work. The Conservatives have suggested Canada designate the entire border an official port of entry. Right now, migrants cross illegally at Roxham Road to avoid CBSA officials and circumvent the Safe Third Agreement. That law prohibits asylum seekers coming from the U.S., and you, you find these these walkthroughs basically around and Quebec, around through Quebec in different places. The borders require cooperation in order for the CBSA to turn migrants away. They need somewhere else to send them. They need to work with the U.S. officials to return legal applicants. But without cooperation from the U.S., we can't unilaterally change our border procedures. They go on and on about it too, but nothing really will change there. It's not meant to. You understand. A couple of good articles, too. One is called Killing Gaza by Chris Hedges and uh, Israel's Blockade of Gaza, where Palestinians for the past seven weeks had held non-violent protests along the border fence with Israel and resulting in scores of dead and some 6,000 wounded by Israeli troops. And also another one, too. Uh, excellent article by Eric Margolis, who's a very fair <laughs> journalist. I've, I read his stuff for years, um, and he worked for Toronto Sun and different newspapers, too. And he seemed to be awfully, really fair and honest about things. And uh, Palestinian 70, 70 years of suffering, it says here. Today, 62 Palestinians, it's not the latest round of uh, protests, and uh, have been shot dead in the Gaza Strip by the Israeli army and over 5,500 wounded by gunfire. The crime is protesting the loss of their ancestral homes in the West Bank. And he goes on and on with uh, What's happening there? And it's the whole world's really revolving around this, isn't it? With the wars and so on. The whole darn world. For a long time now. This is an excellent article and I'll put that up as well. For those who want to to, to read it and so on. And for those who want to know what GERFEC is, I've mentioned it before. But the system in Scotland where an agent is basically appointed by government for every child born who will monitor that child. And again, they're looking for, are you integrating well, etc.? Are you getting your indoctrination well? Are you becoming uniformly standardized like everybody else? Or do they have to tweak you? And so on. So I'll put that down. And also well-being. This, this new con called well-being, where you could actually train them like animals to, to be mucking out a pigsty, and, but they'll think they're walking on the, some happy planet somewhere with, with a, a virtual reality uh, thing going on in their heads. That's how you can make them feel. As long as they feel well, then what's wrong with that? Right? 
So they're going to give them well-being and, and brainwash them so they're all standardized into what the new approach to belief is, is what well even means. With all its PC indoctrination, acceptance of all the things you're supposed to accept, etc., etc., etc. It's another way of robbing you of your true right to be yourself and to develop yourself and think for yourself. That's what it is. And Scotland really is, is incredibly uh, socialistly uh, dominated uh, and used as a big test bed for all of this, which is to be used across the planet, of course. But they do go into the different toolkits, they call it, which they give the teachers, who are change agents. They're utter prostitutes, these people, who have no conscience at all for the big fat paychecks. They'll indoctrinate any group of children. They'd have done well in the old Soviet Union or anywhere else for that matter. And, uh, and there you go. That's all there is to say about that nonsense. And then well-being again in the article, two rather cute and colourful characters helping young North Lanarkshire children understand all about well-being. The same agenda for Gerfeck, by the way. And it's written in such a wonderful way. Who could argue with that? Hmm? The road to hell is paved with good intentions, they say. So much more I could say, but it's not to get you down, remember is to make those who really want to know what's going on understand it and to be able to cope with it too. Understanding helps you cope with things so you don't get utterly frustrated or self-destructive and you stop banging your head against the wall because you're not become... See, if you should be glad you're not being standardized. It means you've escaped uh, total detection. Remember too, go into the archives at cuttingthroughmedies.com as I started off the show, talk about that too. Because, uh, as I say, th- oh, you wouldn't believe the amount of folk who really use it and the true figures of it, not the ones they, they publish. <laughs> if I paid a lot of money to a certain quarters, I would, I would definitely have uh, better figures for that. But the fact is, there's plenty of folk who use it. And a lot of talk show guys use it all the time because they have no good imagination for themselves. And they're a bit lazy too, I think. But uh, you, you, you can buy the books and discs as well, remember, the cuttingthroughmates.com. Help you wake up. It's a different form of understanding, at least the technique is. And you'll see things that should be in front of your face all along, and they can apply that to everything else around you. You'll be surprised where it'll take you. And remember, you can buy in books and discs by uh, using PayPal or personal checks or Postal money orders. If you want to use a postal money order outside of Canada, just make it an international one from your post office or wherever you get them. But make sure it's international. And uh, and that's good enough here. And cash is good enough too. So hang on to yourselves. Don't go all crazy new age and uh, look at the, the positive, positive, positive. Horror merchants who actually do the horror on other people can always look at the positive things of it and, and say it's positive for society. <laughs> yeah, they do. Don't forget that. And, it's, and you cannot just throw blame off of yourselves by saying it's good for society, by ignoring it and allowing it to happen with your tax money. For myself, Alan Watt from Ontario, Canada, where it's getting heavily sprayed, and so forgive me for my kind of stuffed up uh, nasal or mucusy sound tonight. So as I say for myself, from Ontario, Canada, it's good night. I mean, you're God of your gods. Go with you. <laughs>